Hi, my name is PK from Almost Inevitable Design, and this is the 2.4 million dollar podcast where we talk about web design, web development, and WordPress. Just a heads up, I might be using a bit of profanity at times, which is why I checked on the explicit tag. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you left me a good rating on iTunes and Spotify, and if you have any questions, feel free to come down to almostinevitable.com and leave me a comment. Also, if you have any friends who need to hear this shit, go ahead, recommend it, and share it, please. Okay, uh, we are back for episode 28028. This episode is called Pleasure and Pain. Now, I know that is a very generic song. It could be like any pop song, any empowerment song, any uh, rock song, or whatever. Rap. It could be any song. But this is a song from uh, the band Gemini Syndrome. Uh, off of their 2013 album, Lux. Now, I'm pretty sure you haven't ever heard me say 2013 album, right? Um, This is, I think, their uh, debut album, so they are relatively a very new band. They only have two albums out and a single. Uh, The other one was Mon... What's it called? Um, Memento Mori. Sorry, Memento Mori and Lux. Memento Mori came out a few years ago, a couple years ago, 2016, uh, Lux is 2013, and they say that they are coming out with a new album early this year, so any day now. Uh, Gemini, I, I like Gemini Syndrome, they sound really good. Um, the, the designer that I work with at the studio, he actually, <laughs> he goes as far as to say, like, um, I don't listen to any bands that debuted in the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> which is, oh um, yeah, quite a, quite a few bands. Uh, so yeah, um, most of the bands, not all, but a, a vast majority of the bands I listen to probably debuted in the 20th century. That's true, that's true. But like, if you count the early 2000s, I think, yeah, like I think Linkin Park is, well, I don't listen to Linkin Park anymore, but... So, um... Gemini Syndrome is a very new band. Uh, they sound, I, I really like how they sound, so I've been listening to them quite a bit. Um, this whole last weekend was all about um, Killswitch Engage, but then um, I couldn't find a song. Well, I did find a few songs that I could talk about to use in a podcast episode title, but right now I thought this one worked better, so I switched over to listening to the two albums from Gemini Syndrome, and here we are. So, the title is... Pleasure and pain. Now, um, right now, so I, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to start talking about this because uh, I've had a few. So, like even this year, I finished quite a few websites already. And the thing is, for me, I enjoy making a particular website, a particular website, if it is designed well. And if I really dig the design, I love working on that website. I can't wait to make it come to life, you know, and I can't wait to see uh, myself figure things out in terms of how to lay things, to stack things, you know, all that kind of stuff, how to make it responsive. Uh, It's just fun for me when I work on something that I, on a design that I like. And for me, 
even if it's something that I get paid for or even if it's something that I don't, like my wife's website I'm still working on, I'm, I hope I finish that over this weekend because she needs to launch it and she's getting very uh, uh, impatient <laughs> about it because right now I need to finish this other website and I just had, I got, I couldn't finish her website and I really need to because she's worked so hard and we need to launch it and we were sending out newsletters and stuff so hopefully we can launch it maybe next week or so uh, it's yeah it's a it's a I think I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before but it's um, an online course uh, not like the ones that I do about like CSS or, or web development but it's she teaches students uh, how to prepare for tests and go to graduate school in the states and stuff so uh, very academic <laughs> yeah very academic uh, anyways so where was I um, shit I dropped something okay there it is yeah so where was I oh yeah so um, I got distracted by because I had to finish this website and that one pays that one's a paid website, so uh, I need to finish that. <laughs> um, now, the reason why I'm mentioning this is, like I said, I really enjoy working on fun projects, right? Like, well-designed projects. And I think I've mentioned this a few times before, and I, I have a very small handful of designers that I always want to work with. Like, depending on the client, if they have the budget to pay for a designer, uh, if they don't have the budget to pay for a designer, I cannot promise anything, and I really uh, push them to pay for a designer so I can work with the designer. Otherwise, it's I, I don't feel as confident to do it myself. Like, I could sort of wing it, and I've seen and heard enough, and I've hung around with enough uh, designers to sort of know my way around it but you know like coming up with stuff myself as opposed to um, working with a good designer who can come up with the stuff and all I need to do is just uh, functionality check uh, layout check and um, sort of tweak then I, I enjoy working with the designer more rather than trying to do everything myself because it's 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 very stressful for me so, uh, if I get a client, there's usually, like I said, there's uh, only a very few designers that I'm very happy to, just all out, happy to work with, right? And those projects, I'm very happy to do. Not just the money, right? It's not just the money. It's that, um, like, looking at good design and working on something that has good design is a pleasure for me, Okay. But what about the ones that are not, like the really shitty designs, like the one, the, the designs that are done by people who really don't know what the fuck they're doing, you know, like they might call themselves a fucking designer or like art director, creative director or whatever the fuck they want to call themselves. But if I look at their proofs, if I look at their InDesign files, if I look at their Photoshop files, if I look at their XD files or sketch files, or whatever the fuck they use, you, you, they, oh, they, some of them really fucking suck balls. They're really bad. Now, like I said, they might think they're good, 
and they might be good in some aspects where their design, where, you know, like the design areas that they are more proficient in, but they're not in web design. I mean, seriously, I don't, I don't know if they, if the proofs that I'm getting from some of these, these chuckle fucks is what they consider to be their best work. If it is, then shame on them. They fuck off. But I think most of them would say that they're not necessarily like a web-oriented designer because it is so fucking stupid. Like, oh, so stupid. Like, even the size of the body fonts. Because, you know, the thing is, like, remember in one of the episodes, I think it was a long time ago. I don't know what, I don't know which episode it was. I think it's, um, hmm. It's one. It's the one in the nine-step web creation process where I, uh, des where I talk about designing the proof and sending the proof to the client. I forgot which episode that was. Um, is it episode eleven? Get it together, gathering content from the no, not 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 eleven. So it must be something like thirteen, or I don't. Where's all these numbers are so messed up here. Uh, yeah, so somewhere, somewhere, it's somewhere. Oh, maybe 13? Door-to-door cannibals? I'll start getting, no, that's not it. Ah, well. Oh, well. It's not, yeah, so, maybe it's 12. Ooh, there it is, episode 12, yeah. It talks about design, providing the design proof for the client. Yeah, all right, so, some extra tips that I mentioned there was, um, it's good to explain to the client what this proof is showing and how they should view it, for example, because like I, I think I've said this before, but some clients just look at the whole website. Like it's really long, isn't it? They look at that and they say, oh, it doesn't fit on my phone. I can't see anything. Like, come on, man. You know, like you can't, that's not, and then they see it on their desktop and then it's like the height fits the desktop and they're like, oh, this is too narrow. Like what the fuck? You know, so that kind of stuff, right? Now, I think a designer should be better than that, and I think the designer should actually take into consideration the sizes and the screen that it's going to be displayed in because it's really important because, like, if you're doing print, you got to think about how it displays on print, you know, like the size of the paper and the ink and all that shit. Really, yeah, it's important. So, regardless, I mean... Sadly, not regardless, sadly, even though designers should be thinking about how their design is viewed, a lot of them are really bad with web design and they just don't know how things should be sized on the web. It's just fucking stupid, you know? And those proofs, if I get them and if I have to work on them, it is just soul sucking because you feel like the only reason why I'm doing this ugly ass hat fuck face design is because of money. That's what it feels like. So it's really, really painful. I mean, oh, fucking painful. And the thing is, like, I put in so much time and so much effort into even all the small nitty-gritty stuff, like the line height, it's called letting and on regular typography, but line height in CSS, um, letter spacing in CSS, which is called tracking, uh, even like the small things, like everything, like how the, the, what is it, the 
uh, SVG files are made. How they are made is important too, right? So I clean all that shit up. I do. I put in so much effort into getting a website to do what I think it should do and display how I think it should display. That if I get an ugly proof done by a sloppy designer who has no idea what the fuck they're doing, then it is just it just infuriates me because I can't work with that, you know? And that is a major problem because now I'm just I'm just getting frustrated and stressed over something that I want to be at a standard that I want it to be. Well, I'm saying that I want it to a standard that I feel should be done when the proof is just not at that standard. But then sometimes you get these like really precious fuck faces that think that their design is the best in the world and they open up that proof and they like lay it side by side and they're like, oh, this is wrong. Like, fuck you. Your proof was so bad that I couldn't work with that. And you're like, you think this is good? So sometimes I have to actually accommodate that. So that's why whenever I get a proof, I really try my best to actually understand what the designer was trying to do. And if and as soon as I see it, I know if the designer is good or bad. Seriously, I know if it's a good designer or a bad designer. Uh, but I try to make sure that I know what's going on, what the intentions were, and all, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, but that's not always possible, you know? Like, if, some, if a client has a proof done and likes it and comes to me, I can't and they want it exactly that way, then I explain, like sometimes the sizing is off, like the font sizes, you can't go with 30 pixels for the body paragraph. Come on, that's too large. It's gotta be at, at least half, not half, but at least two thirds that size, you know? Like you can't have body sizes of body font, body paragraphs or like 50 pixels high. No, you know, that's, that's, that's like an H1 size, 50 pixels. So that kind of stuff happens, right? now. That's a problem. So that's why I explain to them why, what I'm going to change, why I need to change this. And I always say that, you know, a lot of beginner designers make these mistakes, which is why uh, I'm used to this. I know what their intent was. So I'll make it look, I'll make it feel like it was done with that proof, but I'll have to make it uh, work the way I want to, or work the way that it should be on the web and not pixel by pixel from the proof, you know, and that usually convinces them that, you know, I know what I'm doing and I, I go about that way. But then, like I said, if it's a sloppy designer, everything is sloppy. Like the sizes, the spacing is inconsistent. Uh, the containers are just stupid and arbitrary. You know, like there's a lot of things that they do just shittily that it's just really stressful to work with. And I don't like doing that, you know? Now, the problem is, why is this called pleasure and pain? Because I'm talking, I'm talking about two types of work, right? But what am I going to do? I can't not do that kind of work, you know? I can't not, you know, after I open the proof and I work on it for a few days, I can't say like, oh, I'm not going to do this. When everybody's on a timeline and everybody's working together to get this thing delivered, you know, I can't just bail out, right? So here are some things that I think you can do uh, to motivate yourself. I don't know, to motivate yourself. So, you know, it's not as soul sucking. All right. So I, yeah, 
Um, if if for example, for, for if any if by any chance my voice volume just changes, that's because I've been I touched the um, input gain slider, and I shouldn't have. But if it does, then I'm sorry. It seemed like the mic was picking up my voice too well, so I sort of touched it, and then now it's finicky. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the mic and the recorder is very fickle. Um, so, where was I? Yeah, so how to get motivated, right? Now, uh, this episode is going to be a little short compared to the other ones. Probably not 50 minutes because I am very hot. Yeah, it's very hot. I mean, I don't know. It's It's not as hot as it used to be, but it's still pretty hot and this closed room is just getting hotter and hotter um, and I don't want to cool down to because if I pause the recorder it's just the recording's just going to go to shit for some reason I've seen this do that so I'm just going to keep going keep sweating for 20 more minutes and we'll be done <laughs> all right so um, how to stay motivated even with bad projects okay now here are a few things that I've found myself doing when I get a fuck ugly uh, proof and I just want to burn it, all right? So what do you do? A, try out some new features. Now, even though that proof is just shit, there are things you can do to try out new features. Now, remember how I talked about how it's a good idea to always try to improve and always trying to learn new things and always trying to... Uh, you know, get to the back, get to the basics, learn, learn about it, learn about what you're doing, you know? So one of that, one of those things that I've found is, uh, for example, because I'm front end, I want to learn maybe a new CSS trick or maybe a new jQuery trick or maybe a new PHP trick. I'm not like back end PHP, but at least still, you know, front end still uses some PHP. So um, those three are my main languages, you know? So Oh, of course, an HTML, of course, but not many HTML tricks out there. So, yeah. Um, for example, like um, when I was making, oh, and this, this, this is this was brought up because um, somebody commented on my uh, website on the blog post about how uh, Mark's design, Mark's creative website, was featured on the Divi showcase, Divi design showcase, and I was really happy, so I made a post about that. Uh, basically pointing out some tutorials that uh, that will help people make uh, something similar so someone commented on that and I just that just reminded me uh, when I was making the Marks creative website uh, there's a few things that I wanted to really try now it's not that website was not a pain it was a fuckload of pleasure I love working on it, all of that but I'm just saying these are things that you can try right so for example, like new features, like there's this uh, arrow, there's this arrow feature on a button that's really cool. Like if you hover your mouse over it, the arrow disappears on this side and then appears on that side. It's just really cool. And when I saw that button, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this, you know, and uh, it worked out really well. And <laughs> unsurprisingly, uh, two, actually two, seriously, two, um, Design agencies in Australia must have found out about us and they copied us. They fucking copied us. <laughs> Our website. Those motherfuckers. 
Uh, so, yeah, so, and that, and, like, there's a lot of features there, like, hiding, uh, parallaxing an image behind the silhouette of the logo, um, lines appearing, and when the, when you're scrolling, when the logo scrolls over a dark section, the logo inverses its color, there's a lot of things that I wanted to try, and I looked up how to do it. I couldn't find any exact tutorial, of course, on exactly how to do that, so I had to adapt it and try to make it my own. There's a lot of things that I did on that that was innovative for me at that time. Um, and also, for now, we can get into like ugly websites, right? So, when you're doing ugly websites, you could try, even, even for, even just so you can learn, you know, like, don't use a button module, right? Try something else. Try making just a regular um, anchor tag. Anchor tags are the A1, A's, you know, the A, href, you know, those are, those are called A's because they're called anchor tags. So try just making your own anchor tag and style it on your own, you know? And if you assign that to one class from then on, you can just keep using that everywhere, you know? So there's a lot of things you can do. Just look up new features. And for example, you can look up, um, you can go to CodePen. CodePen has a lot of cool stuff. Now you can't always use all of them, but if you try to implement at least one on a new project, you would have at least learned something, you know? At least. That's better than just trying to finish a soul-sucking, frustrating website, you know? Uh, not just CodePen, front, freefrontend.com is really good. CodeMyUI.com is also really good. It has a lot of really cool inspirations for web development, and it has, um, it has a code for it as well. So it's, it's very useful. So if you want to try it out, just go ahead, look around, and find something that you like, and tell yourself, I'm going to try this on this new ugly website. So at least I get something out of it, you know? Give that a try. I think that's a really good way of motivating yourself, you know? Uh, let's go to another idea. So this one is just trying to learn how a different kind of design aesthetic works, you know? Like if you're always used to doing, for example, um, I don't know, uh, corporate design, you know, corporate feel, uh, I don't know, there's corporate design kind of look, you know? But then uh, even if it's a, even if it's a project that you're not happy with, either you're not getting paid much or it's not a design that you're comfortable with, or whatever it is, maybe just try something else, you know? Like try an illustrative design, and because the proof has a lot of illustrations in it, you know, you can just um, try uh, getting those illustrations into maybe SVG files and trying to animate a few of them, or maybe just at least just an SVG, so it cuts down, see, see if an SVG cuts down the size of the file, or if a PNG would do that, or if a JPEG does that. At least you learn about that, you know? Or if you're doing, if, if a designer wants a fucking crazy, insane background on the web page, why not work on that? You know, see if a web, um, see if a background is, um, if it works well with uh, a JPEG or, you know, uh, depending on the optimization, how pixelated it can be, or also, like, um, the... <laughs> Fucking designer is so stupid. Uh, like the design, 
All right, so this designer that I, this proof that I got once, um, it had an image in the back as a background. It was a dark image, but it wasn't at fully black. It wasn't at RGB 000, all right? It was, at, it was around RGB 2, 222-ish, you know? So that means that the other parts that were made in fully black didn't actually fit. You can see a slight difference. But how did the designer get out of that? Just put a fucking gradient in there and just made it look sort of smoothed out. How am I gonna do that on the web if you want that, they want that background, you know? So it was just fuck stupid. So what I had to do was I uh, went into uh, Photoshop, uh, not Photoshop, I used Pixelmator. Uh, I went into Pixelmator, and because Pixelmator sometimes is quicker than um, uh, Affinity Photo in this case, so I went to Pixelmator, changed the levels, uh, and made sure that the background was fully black, like zero 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 black, and that would make it seamless, as opposed to having like this really subtle line there, and you're like, what is this, you know? So those kind of things. Just try new things, learn about different designs, you know, like even, even with fonts, font choices, like if you're normally used to really clean cut uh, geometric sans serifs, like um, my worst font, my worst typeface, my, my most hated typeface is Montserrat, because I hate that fucking G, but let's say like you're using Proxima Nova or Gotham is not widely used on the net because it's, it's a little hard to implement, but still, Gotham or uh, Futura or like Proxima Nova, you know, you're using those, and then um, you suddenly see, you suddenly get a design that's totally different, like old-fashioned with really uh, ornamental uh, serifs and stuff, you know, so with swashes as well, and then you're like, oh, how do I do this? Don't, just because it's different, Sometimes some things you might like, some things you might not like, but you will at least learn something, you know? So just give that a try. Try totally different designs and learn about that, okay? Uh, here's another thing that you can keep to be motivated. Learn, try to make that as a opportunity to learn how to develop quickly, like a template or a really quick, efficient development, you know? Um, like challenge yourself. Can I make this whole website in one weekend? Or can I make this whole website in 20 uh, billable hours? You know, or can I make this whole website in a day, for example, you know? So that actually challenges you and it and helps you not only focus and just give up on your frustration and focus on the website, it also gives you some really cool ideas sometimes because then you'll see how inefficient your some of your old methods were or how efficient your new approaches might be, for example. And it also, sometimes it could help you get a list of plugins that you always want to install. You know, because you're like, all right, if I'm gonna do this, I might as well plan this properly. Uh, here are some plugins that I found myself always using, so I'll write them down, I'll go to the uh, WordPress repo and just download them all in one and then upload them all, activate them all in one and see what happens. You know, there's a lot of things you can do to motivate yourself to maybe be uh, more efficient in your build. So you will be complaining less, you know, and get it done and out of the way and get paid. You know? So, 
yeah, those are, I think, are all ideas that you can try out uh, just so your painful projects will be at least less painful, you know, and you can look forward to your other pleasurable websites. It sounds weird, but, you know, fun and ugly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a short break and then go to articles. Alright, so I'm recording this after I finished the whole recording of the podcast. I decided to actually cut out a whole segment because that part was way too long, talking about too many numbers, and just not doesn't have much of a conclusion besides just survey results. So the links in the podcast in the blog description, blog post, the links in the post. Uh, so just check that out if you want to see. Uh, Moz, which is like the best, one of the best SEO companies out there, uh, or at least SEO analysis companies out there. And Moz, uh, what is it, uh, published results of a 2020 survey about how people think of what Google search results, how trustworthy search, Google search results are in terms of medical, uh, political, financial there's one more anyways some categories you know and how difference of ages and how much they agree or how much they trust the google results so it's a very interesting read it's just that i went on for like 15 minutes talking about the numbers and it's just i don't think it should stay in the podcast so i cut that out at least i'm just saying this again so you're going to listen to this instead of that so now we go into the next article you know what i actually cut out another article there as well so you'll see here that cut there <laughs> so this one's going to be really short so stay 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 don't change the channel stay tuned no what do I say? Just don't, yeah, just keep listening and you'll hear me finish with some articles and some really cool resources that I had to rush through because I thought I didn't have time. So uh, stick around and uh, I'll be back in a different voice. Yeah. All right. So let's go to another. I don't know if I'm going to cut this out because I've been talking way too much about this and now it's like 40 minutes. So what the fuck? Um, so. And I, I said I would be I would, I would be quick about it, but I just talked too much. I might have to shit, cut that shit out. Uh, so another article that I think is interesting. Why is CSS frustrating? You know, CSS is a very different approach from the other programming languages. Like if you write jQuery for or like PHP or people curse PHP, but still, if you write those languages or whatever other programming languages, it's different from CSS because CSS is cascading and this whole article is just about why it's different especially from people from other backgrounds other experiences come in and they either scoff at CSS and then they hate it because for them it doesn't make sense but it's because of their background that they were trained in other languages that they think it's hard or illogical or just bad or easy it's not easy it is actually way logical than they think. It is not, um, it's not hard, hard, but it's hard to do well. And it's, it's a very different language, but people, just a lot of people who are not using CSS, who are not writing CSS all the time, 
usually, usually have uh, a bad understanding of it. And it's, they, yeah, so this, this article is about that. And I, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And the thing with CSS is that it is, it starts from the bottom, you know, it starts from the top in terms of CSS cascades, but it starts from defining every element being, you know, border size box and all that. So, of course, if you're not used to, or if you don't understand the cascade, you don't know why this padding and this margin doesn't work. If you don't know margin collapsing, you don't know what's going on at all. And of course, it looks illogical, but it's not. And writing it efficiently is actually, uh, takes a bit of work and experience. So, it's this article was, I thought, I thought it was pretty interesting to read. And I'm, I'm going quickly, but, you know, if you have time, go ahead and read it. So that that article was cut out because it's 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 a long rant and I'm gonna I'm not gonna talk about it so. So that that last article I'm just gonna cut out so sorry it's it's boring but it is yeah it's just a bunch of shit so I don't know all right uh, let's go to some let's go to some resources and this resource I think is really cool there's 40 CSS hover effects most of them are just CSS so that's really cool and. I, th I found a few that I really like, and I'm going to make some tutorials on that maybe sometime. So um, check out the really cool CSS hover effects. Oh, I should have paused to save resources. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of cool CSS hover effects. Most of them are just CSS and no um, JavaScript, so it's really cool. Have a look at that. Um, there's a website called CSS Stats. What? CSS Stats. Now, this is a really cool website. I've tried it, but it doesn't work that well. So if it works, that's cool. If it doesn't, just leave it. I don't know. <laughs> but what it does is it goes through your style sheets and gives you analytics about the style sheet that you wrote. So it's really cool. Um, here's another one. If you go to hexcolor.co, hexcolor.co, there's a CSS color extractor. So you put in um, a style sheet URL and it will check the style sheet and it will give you all the colors that are in there. So it's it's very interesting. And this website has color palette generator, color inspirations, and all that kind of stuff. So it's a very useful website. All right, have a check, have a look, and enjoy. All right, so um, I think that Google thing I think I've talked about for too long. I might have to cut it short. I'm sorry if there if I edit it and if there are like cuts and bleeps here and there then I just wanted to cut it short because if I start rambling and reading stuff off the screen and talking numbers, it could get boring when you're just listening to it. So I apologize for that. Um, and hopefully I'll cut this down so it'll be under 40 minutes. Yay! That means I'm going to have to cut out about five minutes. All right. So I will see you in the next episode. We're going to be, we're going to be going back to WooCommerce then. And I will see you in episode 29. All right. See you then. Bye-bye.